Thank you for joining us at Youthology Resources. You are joining us on all kinds of platforms, and for that, we are grateful. Maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's our iTunes podcast, maybe it's at our website and you're reading the uh, blog from this uh, great resource, but we just wanna say thank you. The best way to find us, go to our social media, click on the link tree, uh, you'll find us there on the link tree. All of our different formats are on Linktree. If you haven't seen that, that's a great resource, okay? So anyway, hey, this is part two from last week's episode on seven ways youth ministry can fail the church. And what's critical is we just kind of gave you the seven different ways that youth ministry can fail the church. Didn't get into it too uh, deeply, but um, what we said last week was that we were going to follow up and deal with maybe two or three of those and dive deep a little bit, depending on your responses. And thank you for your responses, so many. And so what I did is I, I put them into groups. And I'm gonna deal with just two, because I wanna dig down in, we had a lot of questions um, across the board on these two areas, okay? So, uh, seven ways on how youth ministry could fail the church. And basically what we did is we gave you those different ways. You can check on that last week. You can go see the blog from last week and you can download that manuscript. But um, I wanna deal with just the two that you uh, were um, wanting a little more information on, okay? So here they are. Um, number one was the youth leader's spiritual life. So what we said last week was um, one of the ways that youth ministry could fail the church is when youth leaders are not healthy. And um, let me make this statement first before I go into some practical ways to increase your health as a, as a youth leader. The, the health of our youth leaders really is the determination to the health of our youth ministry and then ultimately the health of our students, our youth who are going to uh, be a part of the youth ministry. And so it makes sense that healthy youth leaders uh, create healthy youth ministries that in turn create healthy youth. Got that? So that's, I mean, that is sustainability. Talking about sustainability, we have to deal with um, the healthy youth leaders, okay? So let me give you two ways that youth leaders can, um, can uh, create more spiritual health from on their own point, from their own standpoint, okay? Now, that, number one, spiritual disciplines. Those spiritual disciplines are broad, okay? I wanna, I wanna give you uh, some really practical spiritual disciplines from reading the word and prayer and fasting, uh, your own personal wellness, okay? That's all part of your spiritual discipline your social wellness. So let me hit those real quick, okay? When are you praying? Have you set aside time to pray? When I ask youth leaders often, they will say something like, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm praying often in the mornings and then, you know, if, if my schedule gets busy, then I pray in the afternoon. Sometimes they might even say, yeah, uh, I pray like, you know, every evening when I can, maybe when I'm putting the kids to bed or... the." I have this prayer meeting that I go to on Friday. Uh, I go to two or three campuses and I'm involved in prayer groups there. Th that's all great, okay? Those are, those are all supplemental prayers. 
I wanna know and I wanna ask you, when is your dedicated primary time, not secondary, primary time for prayer? Because if you haven't set a time of prayer, you probably don't have a prayer discipline. You're praying in emergencies, right? You're praying in different settings. And that's, that, listen, those are good. Those are all supplemental additional times of praying. But I want to know when is your dedicated set apart time of prayer? Is it one hour in the morning? Is it a half an hour in the morning, half an hour at night? Is it every day at lunch for, you know, 30 minutes? Uh, whatever that looks like, okay? Reading the Bible. What are you, what is your reading plan? I'm not, I'm not so concerned about having devotional time set aside from your sermon planning. Because to be honest, sometimes that's a cycle for me. Sometimes I am creating messages at the same time I'm doing my devotion time. And I know people have different opinions on that. I think, I think you can do both. So when are you setting that aside? Uh, for me, it's in the evening. I do a late night study and preparation time almost every single evening around 11 p.m. till 1 a.m. That's all set for me because it's the best time for where I'm at in my life right now. What about fasting? Are you fasting? A, a cyclical fast, a um, stepped fast, not just one week at the beginning of the year. What about, some, what about a disciplined fast that's, that uh, you are doing on a weekly basis or a monthly basis? I set mine aside every Friday. I fast every Friday, Thursday night to Friday night. There are sometimes I'll break that if I'm with people or whatever, and then I might even fast at that Thursday before or the Saturday after that or you know, whatever. But having regular weekly fasts, uh, that's spiritual discipline. Let me get to the wellness area. Wow, this is so important. And wellness could be your social relationships, your sleep patterns. The, are you going to bed at the same time? Are you waking up at the same time? What, what is your wellness pattern? Are you getting exercise? Because sometimes people, it's not that people aren't following you, following you because of those other spiritual things. Maybe they're not following you because of your decisions that you're making in your personal life. So that, we, you know, we don't talk about that very often, do we? That's kind of, hey, stay away from that. That's, you know, whether that's body type. Listen, I'm not body shaming here. I'm not body shaming here. But what about your health? What about your personal health? Um, are you overweight? Do you take care of yourself? I know we don't, we don't talk about that. We're not supposed to talk about that because it's personal. I don't think it's personal when you're a leader. When you're a spiritual leader, I think it's exemplary, not personal. It's a, you're modeling something with that discipline and that ethic to take care of yourself. So, and socially, are we, little things, I think one of the spiritual disciplines is this social uh, thing of getting people back, re responding to people, emailing people, texting people, even if it's short. I'm, I'm busy. I know I'm busy too, but I know all of us, I talk often to leaders and people will say things like, man, I hate it when a leader doesn't get me back. Sometimes it takes 24 hours, right? Or whatever. But contact people back. I've been guilty of that. Uh, especially when you, you know, uh, some, you get a lot of people that maybe want to talk to you or whatever. And sometimes it, it can be seen on your DM or it can be seen on your texting or your email that, boy, this person's not getting back to me. And sometimes it's taken me 48 hours or whatever. And maybe I've forgotten. 
but what is your ethic or your discipline um, to keep yourself accountable socially? Okay, all right. Hey, let me go to the second uh, discipline. And I, I think I have three or four comments on this one. And I'm kind of glad because I think we need to get to this. And that is uh, one of the ways that youth ministry can fail the church is to have a mono strategy of reaching a diverse student. And what I mean by that is that our students in Gen Z are so diverse. And because of that, it's going to require youth ministry to have a model strategy to reach that diversity in students. And I don't just mean racial diversity, but we're talking about educational diversity and social diversity. We're talking about faith diversity. What about just the, uh, the, the kind or type of student that you are attracting? It, it could be the, the sectors that attend your youth ministry or that are in your area. Sectors like uh, the skaters and the brainiacs and the jocks and we have the, you know, um, these circles or these social sets. And there's, and with just uh, your youth leadership team, how am I planning to reach those people? I like to say it this way, all kinds of people can reach all kinds of people. Okay, now, now think about that. What, what I mean by that is this. Uh, if, if I tend to reach musicians and, and thespians and, uh, you know, that, that, that crowd, if I tend to reach the artisans, then I need to have people around me who reach the athletes. Or I need to have people around me who reach the brainiacs. Or I need to have people around me who are great with the goths or the alternatives. You see what I'm saying? And so you can measure your mono strategy of reaching a diverse student by asking yourself, how many different kinds or types of leaders do I have surrounding me? Because I don't wanna just reach my kind. I want my leaders to be so diverse that my leaders can attract different groups. My leaders can break into different um, sects, okay? Different sectors. Um, whether that is, as we said, racial or uh, social or economic, um, I, I want students who can have conversations with, uh, middle, with middle class and lower middle class students that might be attending the youth ministry. That's a whole different set of problems at their home and, you know, uh, in their family set or uh, just in their neighborhood that, that I may not be able to relate to. And that goes vice versa. That goes to the same with students who might have money and are of more means and have their own car and uh, don't have to worry about finances. Do I have leaders that understand where they're coming from too? So when we talk about having a mono strategy uh, to reach a diverse student, we're talking about youth ministries that are stuck in one way of ministering to students in that social stratus or racial stratus or economic stratus, whatever, okay? So I hope this has been helpful, that you uh, have kind of gained some insight a little more strategically into those two areas. And if, uh, as I said, I'm going to follow up with all of these and, get, and dig deeper into these seven uh, failures of the church. And one of the ways I'm doing that is through, you know, you can watch it uh, on YouTube, you can listen to it on iTunes, you can um, read it, read the blog, at youthology.com, but 
I just want to make uh, take about uh, one minute here and let you know that the book is coming also. So the first youth ministry book, Youthology book, is coming. And it's all about the history, the theology, and the trends, the future of youth ministry. I'm so excited about it. The final edits are done. It is in uh, publication. It's, it's, it's happening. It'll be out by the end of the year. Uh, be looking for it on social media. And um, But one of the, our chapters is dealing with this topic, how youth ministry can fail the church. So you're going to want to read that. It's almost, uh, I think it's 30, 35 pages in just in that chapter of dealing with all of these uh, kinds of things. All seven of these things are there. And we will delve into some more detail there too. So, hey, thank you for joining us. Listen, you can listen to the music on the way out because I like this beat anyway. But if you go to our social media, you can join us at Linktree to find out, find all the rest of our episodes on whatever topic uh, that we cover each week. I will see you, hear from you, uh, talk to you next week from Youthology Resources. Let the beat take us out.